and welcome Eagles fans everywhere, UK, US, wherever you are listening to. I think we had one listener from Buenos Aires in Argentina. So hello to you, my friend, if you're listening in. Welcome to another episode of Next Man Up. I'm your host, Liam O'Neill, and we're going back to basics today. No guests, so we'll probably talk shite for a while. It's uh, myself, Mick, and Phil. Phil, how are you doing, sir? Doing really well. Yeah, just um, it's taken. It's been nice to um, sort of deliberate over the the picks, and obviously the, sketch, uh, the schedules just come out, so we've had that to sort of talk about. So it's been been nice to sort of have a bit of a relaxed routine and just pick apart the bones of what's happened over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, you're right. It's been a fr- it was a frantic few weeks up to the draft, wasn't it? And then during the draft, so I feel it's nice to have a bit of time to process everything and um, have some sort of opinion that makes semi sense. <laughs> Mick, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing all right, mate. Um, bit of a tough day today, but I'm sitting here now with my glass of whiskey talking to you guys about my favourite subject. So um, that's cheered me up to no end. Um, looking forward to going through the draft picks, like Phil said, and um, tearing it apart. <laughs> Absolutely. In, in proper uh, Philadelphia Eagles style, tearing apart. I like that. Folks listening in, uh, you, you'll be pleased to know all we're going to be talking about today are the birds, our birds, our eagles, fly eagles, fly baby. We had a good draft. I'm looking forward to discussing it with these guys. We're going to go through the, the first five picks uh, in a bit of detail and then let's be honest, the rest of the picks, it's here or miss. So we probably won't cover it in that much detail. We'll touch on the uh, the number change, which Mick, uh, Mick, Mick, Mick alluded to a second ago as well. So uh, without further ado, the Philadelphia Eagles... With the tenth pick of the 2021 NFL Draft, select Slim Reaper, Devonte Smith, Heisman Trophy winner. Mick, I'm going to go to you first, just for some initial reaction. What, what was you? How were you? What were you feeling when we when we made that pick of Devonte at ten? And 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 since then, when you've come to terms with it, how are you feeling about that pick in general, buddy? Well, at the time, I was feeling pretty pissed because I'd. A few, a few glasses of, of whiskey and a few beers with you guys talking on Zoom, which we'll never see the light of day on this podcast because of the absolute shit we were talking. But <laughs> that, no, I, I loved it. Um, I loved the move. How he had a day on day one. Like it couldn't have gone better for us because as, as the draft rest, we, we saw all the, the sort of prospects. It was like the golden four that we were looking at before the draft. You know, it was like um, JC Horn, Sertain, uh, Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle and three of those four were gone um, by the you know by the time the Cowboys were picking and we were like, oh great, who's going to be left? We're, we're thinking we're, we're going to have to trade back. Are we going to possibly, you know, take a, a lineman somewhere instead. Um, but no, how he did the right thing, made these moves, jumped the Giants uh, and done a deal with uh, the bad guys, which wasn't entirely happy about that, giving them a third. It's a bit much, I thought, just moving up a couple of places, but I'm sure it'll be worth it in the end for the Heisman Trophy winner. Um, I'd... I'd I think on the last podcast, I was trying to dispel all the worries about him being, you know, underweight, under, um, undersized for the NFL. But yeah, he's done it all. He, he blows teams away. Uh, watched 
watched him in the natty, absolutely blew them away. He, uh, against Notre Dame that past season, blew us away. It was absolutely insane. The guy is the guy is crazy, and it, it, and I really can't wait for him to link up with Jalen Hurts again. And it's it's a really exciting pick. You know, it's one you can get your get your teeth into rather than you know you take a offensive lineman. Yeah, it's a, it's a smart pick, but it doesn't get your blood pumping. I, I hear you, man. And if you remember uh, Alan Sampson, when he was on the podcast, he was bigging up the O-line or D-line picks in the first couple of picks and telling him it was going to happen now. And that did happen in the second pick, um, which we'll get to in a moment. But just before I move on to your, your thoughts on it, Phil, I'm going to quote, um, I'm going to quote uh, the GQ writer, Tyler Times. He did the first piece on uh, Devontae Smith first profile on Devontae Smith. He's quite a quiet guy. Not a lot of people knew a lot about him. Um, he doesn't he doesn't scream from the rooftops like Najee Harris uh, coming into the draft, but there's a cool camp collected calmness about him. And when, when on the Birds With Friends podcast, Tyler was asked about what it was like, what he thinks about Devontae, what he's going to be like, and what, what, what he thinks about him as a person. His response was, he's a dog. He's an absolute dog. He's a baller. Like, he, he knows how to play football, whatever about the stats, whatever about the physical attributes, whatever about all of that, he plays football at the highest level. And the Eagles don't have a lot of players who are like that at the moment, especially on offense, if, you, if you're talking weapons. And um, so I, I'm, I'm super excited. I'm super excited about Devontae Smith. So six foot one, you mentioned he was clocked at 160 pounds, recently rumored to be. Um, he'll probably be like 175 by the time he gets to training camp. I'm sure. I'm sure he will be. 22 years old. Interesting, actually. If you look at the picks for the first five picks, I think at least four out of five they're all 22 years old. So we're not talking young, green, 18, 19 year olds who they've picked here. They're most of them are big captains of their college team, and um, they're leaders. They're characters in the dressing room. Phil Devonte Smith, how are you feeling about it, buddy? Well, we, 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 you and I briefly touched on it on the um, on the last pod, and I just think for the for the situation how it played out, he's unequivocally the the best option we had on had on the board for the multitude of needs. I don't think anybody was arguing that we should have taken a defensive player or anything like that at that that point. Excuse me, it's probably a weak. Or it's, it's a in a minority argument. They're not really sort of um they're not really you know no one's kind of going it's not a split is what i'm trying to get the, the, the yeah fan the fan base is team. quite unanimous isn't it? yeah yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah that's usually like the the the, the, the litmus paper in it in terms of the, the reaction if it's split then you know it's probably it might work out it might not hence why when you know and i will touch on the, the dickerson picking it in a little bit but that's kind of what I'm getting at in the sense that you can really see that there's a real massive split in the fan base as to whether it work out but with Smith yeah. it, that's just not there at all and and yeah he could absolutely flop it's possible you look at the stats for first round wide receivers the stats don't really look, the historical stats don't really look good across the board but that doesn't stop the entire fan base and the greater NFL community for that matter no one's really come out and gone oh the Eagles have shit the bed here yeah. Everyone's kind of clapping and going, you know, that that made that that made the draft. So I'm 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 fully behind it. I've already sort of making plans to get my Smith jersey. I know that's a mistake because 
<laughs> I'm, I'm just going against completely what I've just said in the sense of the stuff don't really back up so it's probably a really risky um, jersey pick to make but I don't know about um, finance wise being risky I think you're okay with that we're, we're gonna we'll touch on those jerseys in a minute but I reckon picking picking an Eagles player's name and jersey now from a financial standpoint probably not going to change in the next couple of years whereas you bought a jersey last year Mick I'm, t- I'm talking slay here I'm talking number 24 <laughs> You saw the news yesterday. How are you feeling about that? He's Number such a two. dick, man. Such a dick. <laughs> Just bought it last season when he came in. I was excited. We had we finally had a corner that I could get behind. And he goes and changes his number. We turn Slay. Why? Why? <laughs> Give me the money it feels back. a little bit late in his career. It to does be, uh, to, to be going down and, and it's like you've clearly been that number or that number about for a long time. It's like it's a vanity you know, thing, isn't it? Really, yeah, I get, I get that. It just, it just feels, it felt unnecessary. Almost like maybe he just wants to go, like, "Hey, don't forget, I'm still on the team." I thought it was a big play, like a big play slay. That's what they call him, right? Hey. I thought, I thought uh, that was not intentional. Uh, I thought it was a big play um, for Slay to go number two, given Hertz has gone number one. Almost like I'm the second best footballer on this team. You know, you know, behind behind Hertz. I wonder and if he would have changed his number if Hertz didn't change his number. You know, like if he had one. his heart set on two, or if he had his yeah. heart, or if he wasn't asked about it. I don't know. But the, the interesting thing is that if they want to change their number this year, they have to pay for it. They have to pay out uh, the inventory of their shirt sales, so it could cost up upwards of one and a half million dollars if they want to change their number this year. It's free um, as of twenty twenty two season. But um, so it, it will cost the players a, a little bit, depending I, on how popular the shirt sales are. I don't know about you, but I need to replace my shower at the moment. So 1.5 million, I probably can't do with getting rid of that right now. I probably need to keep that in the bank. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, back to you, Phil, just on Devontae, before we move on to Landon Dickerson, just some stats for you. He broke 12, he broke, sorry, he broke seven Alabama receiving records last year. He was he he was nom- he was nominated and awarded and won twelve separate awards. Obviously, one of those is the Heisman Trophy, which we know about. Eighteen hundred yards and twenty three touchdowns last year. Obviously, won the championship with Alabama as well. Um, and in the cha- and in the championship game, three touchdowns, two hundred fifteen yards, and he came off after halftime. I mean, the guy's an <laughs> dog. Like seriously, like this. Has there been more excitement for an Eagles first round pick since Carson Wentz? I, I mean, I think it speaks for itself, right? Well, the, the pick the pick for Wentz was before my time, but I but I'm going on the assumption that very much so there was a lot of buzz around that. But I think Oh yeah, on, I had an erection for six months after that pick. Yeah. On the um on the night of the draft, I think my sort of like gut reaction initially was like a fist pump and and like I was you know when you're sort of like you're, you're not you're not lying to yourself it's not like you sat there immediately kind of going well that's it's a good pick um yeah it's a good pick for those reasons it's um it was immediately like yes this is a good pick like didn't even have to think about it and I think the, the stats the stats like you said they, they speak for themselves the only thing for me is that I'm just very conscious that it doesn't translate directly into the NFL. I know it's an obvious thing to say, but it just doesn't. And 
and there's every chance that he is a bust and someone like Trayvon Grimes coming as an undrafted free agent ends up being the better player. It's just, I think that's just almost the beauty and the, the pitfalls of, of the NFL is that absolutely anybody, including Mr. Mr. Brady, can, can be an, an unknown guy and, and become the best player in the NFL. And I almost sit there thinking, I'm, I'm trying to focus more on people like Grimes and, um, and the later round picks because I'm thinking they're the ones that people don't, no enough on and aren't the pressure's not really on them but um no just I think I think none of us can can really wait until we get to see him at the link or at least down in Atlanta you know in a few long months time um, Phil I think we need I feel like we need some kind of Mick what, what do you reckon I feel like we need some kind of buzzer which says fence whenever Phil goes and sits on his fence. Oh, I fucking love it. I'm not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> we, we can't make any judgment until we see him. We can't make any... I, I get it. I feel it. You're right. If you look at the history of the uh, the first round draft picks and wide receiver, they're not very good. But he is the first player to win the Heisman Trophy at wide receiver since 1991. That is 30 years ago. I was just born. Well, we've, we've just been... We've just been... Not- Bitten's not bitten's the wrong word, but with with Rager's sort of like the cautionary tale, like don't get. I mean, I, I know there's a lot of differences, and and like I said earlier, with the, the reaction, it was more like people trying to justify it. So it's a completely different pick. He wasn't as a, yeah. a blockbuster pick, but he was the first round wide receiver coming into that season with all this hope, all this expectation, and all this promise, and he hasn't yet fulfilled it. So I'm just very conscious, like, you know, every time someone goes, Smith's the best thing since sliced bread, I've got Rager, <laughs> Rager, and, you know, in fact, you know, the alarm's going on. I get what you're saying, but Rager was a little <laughs> bit of a reach at pick 18, and we're talking Heisman Trophy winner, Devontae Smith here, first person in 30 years. I I get I get where the hesitancy is coming from, but, um, uh, you know, Smith has, sorry, Phil, I'm just watching Liverpool score the fourth goal against Man United here. Um, but Smith Smith has um, you know serious pedigree, and oh, yeah. I'm I am all in until proven otherwise. I'm not no comparisons for me. I'm 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 I thinking mean, he's the guy for the future. Alabama had one of the best receiver rooms in college football. Like just look back to last year, and you know it was the the, the four players that they had. They had Judy Ruggs. Uh, Smith, of course, and, and model and Smith yeah. was the X. He was the X receiver in that core, and he was outperforming all of them. He stayed mm-hmm. on that extra year because he's, well, he said he had um, things to prove, and he wanted to finish his degree, which is, it's all very commendable, you know. So, I, well, I love quick that. quote, quick quote, Mick, um, on his character and 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 Phil. Look, we're not we're not saying you're not right and sitting on the fence. You are right. We're just being positive about it. But he was asked recently, and um, by a reporter, I couldn't tell you which reporter. And we're not that good on this podcast. We don't do our research that well. But he was asked, who are the the two best um, young quarterback wide receiver connections in the NFL? Is it Tua and Waddle or Burrow and Chase? He was given those two options. What was his response? Hertz and Smith. You've got a lot of that quiet confidence. Don't get me wrong. It's it's the old... um... It's the old phrase, and I think it it might be a more a more military naval phrase, but it's called keeping your powder dry. Have you, do you know? Have you heard that one before? Yeah, yeah. It's also probably a phrase heard in many club rooms by bouncers at night. Well, yeah, true. But it's it's it, it goes back to the old the old adage of obviously when they had gunpowder on ships, and it was a case of them the main priority and was to keep it dry because at the end of the day, if you go into battle and your powder's wet, it ain't gonna fire. So you kind of you can't 
dry your powder. You can't go back once you've, you've done it. And I'm thinking there's a lot of, yeah, you, you, you're essentially screwed over. And I'm thinking it's not obviously that case is also people can backtrack on opinions all the time. And you can, then I know you, if he does bottle out or if he doesn't, you'll happily change your opinion to reflect the truth. Sure. But I'm, that's just the difference with me is a case of, I'd rather like, until I, until I'm sort of certain or until I know that the guy is, is there, there's just, there's no need, there's no point in, there's no, like, you don't have to, like, you're not, no one's going to win any awards for saying that Smith was a baller. 100%, Phil, Phil. That's what I've been saying. It's the you're, 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 the butcher, you're the butcher to my Marmite, my friend. You know, we, this, this is why it works. <laughs> yeah, because, um, like, even speaking to that, but, like, did you see the, Sh- the Shannon Sharp clip um, when he was interviewing uh, Devontae Smith and he was saying, you know, that he would ask Pat Sertain, who the best corner in the in the draft, just gone. Um, they would ask him in training to cover him every single time, every single snap, whether he was lining up at X, he was in the slot because he wanted to be measured against the best. Yeah. And and I love that, you know, some of um, Smith's best performances last year came against all, you know, you know the, the big game teams. Mm. Um, like Ohio State and and then I Notre Dame, LSU, Georgia, Ole Miss. He absolutely slaughtered every single one of them. So he's a big game player as well. And he's not cocky, like he's not bravado. Just like this quiet, intense confidence about him, which I absolutely yeah. love. I mean, it's going to be hilarious. We're gonna we're gonna get on the podcast in the next year and. Smith's, Smith's gone for less yards than JJ Arteo Whiteside. <laughs> but the, the thing that thing that stuck out most for me in the, all the interviews and stuff that was come out from for Smith was the if you have listened to the the Geo uh, Giovanni interview and um, it, when he asks about like because he's got dwarfism and he's just like I know he's a little bit of a <laughs> It's a bit of a loose comparison, but in, in the sense that he's obviously instantly as a child would ask, and like you know, like I have to deal with a lot of things to do with my size, and and that, and like obviously the big thing about use your size, and he's just like, yeah, I use it. I you know I'm grateful for the criticism because it gives me something which kind of feeds into that that character that he's he's got the he's got the chip on his shoulder and he wants to prove it doesn't really matter who. He gets Michael, jo- by, Michael Jordan, out. Michael Jordan feeds off that chip. He's, he's, off he's got right? he's got that Metcalf sort of aura about him in the sense that obviously he was criticized for his um for his size for his size and um uh, and and generally like uh, like uh, stature and all that sort of stuff so i think and he's literally uses that obviously you know the eagles passed on him supposedly um and for what for whatever reason for, I no, think he for, uses sorry, that for like every injury. single team that passed on him he's always yeah, dishing it like, out in the interviews isn't he it happens I think he's he's not really sort of like sitting there going damn the Eagles to hell he's more just sat there going well fine you thought I was injury prone I'm proving that I'm not injured and I'm putting up record numbers anyway we best uh, I'm going to put you on the spot on before we move I'm going to put you on the spot before we move to Dickerson um, Michael Mick Phil Phillip um Projections for Devontae Smith next year. I'm going to go 800 yards receiving, eight receiving touchdowns over or under. Phil? Um, He's thinking about it. I like it. He's thinking about it. 
Only because... You, by the way, you can't go on the fence in the middle. That's not allowed with this one. I literally... He's going to get eight touchdowns and he's going to be like... He's going to split in half as he goes over for, for, his, for his ninth. And it's just, just going to be a half touchdown. No, I think over, but only based on the fact that the wide receiver core is so in, in, in tatters in terms from last season, in the sense that we've not really got, we've not got a wide, we've not had a wide receiver one for a season or two. He's expected to come in and be that person in, in, in on that narrative that he's probably going to be the guy. So if anyone's going to do it, it should be him. But like I said, I have, I have a really sneaky feeling that one of like someone like Grimes is going to come in and just, be like this guy like the like for for them but with with more expectations and more yeah with like don't, Fulham, don't sleep on Fulgham don't sleep on Fulgham in 2021 guys that's they've what got, I'm that's saying they've, they've got a lot of half a lot of half measures with wide receiver a lot of unfinished products a lot of, a lot of unknowns guys, isn't a lot but, of unknowns and and last season that was valuable because you couldn't pick up any hot prospects but now they've picked up a hot prospect. So he's going to Fulgham's. I heard some things about, obviously, he came in, and I think it was what we did say during the season, that being an unknown quantity is a very valuable asset until people figure out what that unknown quantity is. And, and he got figured out a little bit. Obviously, a lot of it was down to the, the stuff behind the scenes. But um, I think generally he um, he was, just wasn't as valuable. And I think it was harder to use him in that explosive uh, capacity so yeah came on towards the end of the season though when Hertz came back in so we'll see what happens with Travis Wilgham next year all right guys let's move <laughs> on to Lander Dickerson my favorite draft pick that the Eagles made this year really? I am I am huge I'm huge on Dickerson um so let's just uh get, get some of the stuff that most people know, but some of you have not been following it uh, maybe recently um, do or don't know about Landon Dickerson. So we picked him up, pick 37. He's from Alabama. He's played with Hurts. He's played with Smith. Just some really cool pictures of him propping Smith up after a touchdown catch. So they, they know each other. 850 snaps. Zero sacks allowed. Plus, it's 850 plus sacks zero quarterback sacks allowed sounds amazing right if you're listening in and you don't know anything about Landon Dickerson that sounds incredible oh my god why is he on the top five well I'll tell you why he's had four season-ending injuries he's had two ACLs one on either leg which I am told is better than having two on the same knee um because then it's a long-term issue as opposed to just what could be either innocuous um innocuous injuries or um yeah just bad luck. He also had two ankle injuries. However, I'm going to caveat that as well. Both of those injuries, one, the Alabama uh, team decided to just not play him for the rest of the season. That was their choice. He did actually come back from injury, but decided not to play him, not to reassure him. Uh, and the other one, uh, he was coming back really quickly and he had some really free complications, which don't normally happen. So while well, four season injury, season ending injury sounds really bad, if I'm going to sugarcoat it, like I try and do with everything I say in life, um, it's it's not as bad as perhaps it could be if you're looking at that as is. Like you've got one player who's got an injury that's happened again and again and again. That's not the case with Landon Dickerson. Every single time he's had an injury, he's come back and it's not affected his performance. It's not affected his level. He's a leader. He, everyone said he's a real leader, like a Malcolm Jenkins kind of leader. 
personality, strong, strong morals. He was in an interview, if it, well, not an interview, but when, I don't know if you guys heard, but when he was picked at 37, um, the, one of the first things he said to Nick Sirianni was, hey, coach, you still pissed off that you lost a rock, paper, scissors? <laughs> and, I, and I love that. I love that. Phil, as I was saying, that was giving me the rock, paper, scissors in the chat, so he loves it too. Um, they say he's a top five pick in the draft without those injuries. And the best interior lineman in the draft without those injuries. Uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a monster on the field, self-proclaimed monster on the field. And I quote, if I treated people in real life like I treat them on the field, I'd be in jail for years. That was a quote he mentioned. Um, and I love that. I love that too, Phil. Um, but they reckon, you know, off the field, he could be a TV host. I mean, I, everything I'm hearing about this guy is just like, incredible and i know you're going to say caveat that incredible name with if he is healthy mick london dickerson what do you think yeah um i'm with you in the sense that i really like his personality since uh, since he's been drafted i think um i've sort of fallen in love with the guy as as a person rather than as a player um, if I take you back to the draft night, um, there were so many options for us still on the board. I think we all wanted either JOK or uh, Merrick or Asante Samuel. I think it was our three picks between us. Um, there was obviously a lot more on the board. And then, you know, they, they, they draft a centre. And my initial reaction was, what the fuck, Howie? What have you done? Why are you doing this? And, and kudos to him, I suppose, for sticking to his draft board. He's not drafting for needs. He's drafting to his board, um, to the best player available in his eyes, even though there is a, a massive risk to injury-wise, as you say. But at, at the time, I was still thinking, you know, taking a centre still isn't our greatest need. We do have Kelsey for another season. We could easily, easily have taken that centre in a later round, someone like Quinn Miners someone like uh, Myers Humphreys, something like that. Um, so I, I wasn't happy. I'm still not really happy. Oh, really? I like him. No, I'm not. I'm still not really happy about it. Um, I hope he does well, obviously, because he's, 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 he's an eagle now. So I've got to love him. Um, I'll be cheering him on, of course I will. But I'm, I'm still not head over heels about the pick, but just because I think... That secondary is busted up pretty bad, and we still didn't really address it in that draft. Um, yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, we will get to it a bit later, probably just briefly. But two linebackers at the last two picks, and Zach, not Zach, Zach McPherson, in 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 the, with the fourth pick. You wouldn't fight him though. Six foot six, three hundred and thirty-three pounds. And yes, I said <laughs> the best Irish accent I could possibly do. It's been 12 years since I've been home in Dublin, but 333 pounds is what he weighed in as, six foot six. And he's a third. And he's a black belt. He's a black belt in karate. And he actually, he um, he did his black belt years before he was allowed to be a black, black belt because he was that competitive and he had that much drive. And well, probably he was that big and, and good. Uh, Phil, you're not going to take him on the street fight, are you? <laughs> No, I was, I was literally going to jump in and say, imagine if you're a defensive lineman, you're facing Chuck Norris and Steven Seagal combined into one. 333 pounds as well. <laughs> I think Seagal was about that now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <He> is now. <laughs> um, for, 
from from my point of view, I'm I'm, I'm with I'm with Nick and I'm, in terms of I didn't like it at the start, but I think I've come around massively on it and prepare yourselves for a little bit how we love. Um, oh, here we go. He loves a fence <laughs> about how we love. Here we go. <laughs> I think that at the at the end of the end of the season, we all saw Kelsey on at the side of the, the field discussing. We we're like, that's it. He's gone. He's come back. So he's managed to convince him, or whether Kelsey was like, I want one more season, or what, who knows? But he's back. We've got a guy coming in who, yeah, massive injury concerns. And I was I'm right there, was right there with you. I polished the lamb a little bit because it doesn't mean that these injuries have gone away. However, he's got a he's got a season, and I think it was one of the pods I was listening to, the, the kind of light bulb moment. It's like he's not gonna he doesn't need to start, he doesn't need to play for the entire yeah. season. You know, everyone talks about quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks coming in, sitting for a year learning. It's exactly what he's gonna do. He might yeah. come in this season, it might just be a but he might knock uh, he might knock Samala off. Um, and, yeah, um, and he can play. He can play no. guard, and he can play tackle if he has to play tackle as well. So he's a he's a utility player that we don't need to 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 rush in. And that I can see there's some logic in there, and that just makes me hark back. You know, the how we love side of things is is more just along the lines of if that was his plan, then I'm fully hundred percent behind that. I'm like, that's a genius move. You've basically got like you said, a top five in theory draft pick. He's got a few injuries, but you're bringing him in to start behind one of the best centres in the league and can also jump in if things don't go right and we need to bring in soon, he can come in at guard or something like that. So, because we will inevitably have a hole at guard at some point. You know, if we do every season that I've followed them, so it's fucking happened. So from that side of things, I'm like, if you're going to take a risk on an injury-prone player, this seems like the one that might work out and it seems a little bit more... Ca- it's not just like we like him and we, we're ignoring the injuries, it's like we like him we're making allowances for the injury, which I think is a is a is a smart move if it works out. But if it doesn't, then oh, well, Harry, Harry's gone. So everyone get their wish. <laughs> well, he, he, do you know what? It, it's a very astute observation. You, you laugh when you say Harry's gone there, but it's actually quite an astute observation, Phil, because you know every single Eagles um, reporter, broadcaster, anyone who I think I value who has an opinion on the Eagles has said that the whole draft success hangs on the Landon Dickerson pick because of the needs that Mick alluded to when he was speaking at linebacker, at cornerback, you know, all those people at safety, all those people at the board, Mick, you, you referenced those three of three different players in those three different picks, Moreg, Asante Samuel Jr. And, and, and Jock. And I, I remember, I remember it was funny. I had a flashback when you were, as soon as you started speaking, Mick, about being disappointed at the pick. And I remember all of us before that pick, I think we were live with uh, the roar of the lions um, at that time, speaking about um, what was going to happen with the pick. And Phil, you made the comment, guys, guys, all three of the guys we wanted to, we, you know, they're still on the board. We can pick them, and then the pick happened. And yeah, sure, all, all you know, we didn't pick them. And ugh, personally, I, I'm over the moon with the pick. I agree with what you said, Phil, around. What a, well, what a player to learn from in Jason Kelsey in terms of a, a man, in terms of um, his character, his drive, his determination. You know, he's still a hungry dog. Maybe he's going to feed his new puppy and bring him up to be a hungry dog as well. Who knows? Yeah, all, all, all of what I've said doesn't, doesn't override the, just the crushing disappointment of, of having JOK, Merrick and the Sandy Samuel Jr. on the board at, 
at the time of our pick. Um, but I guess maybe I, in my fencing ways, I always try to look at what's happened. I'm like, okay, so that was his plan all along. So it probably was never going to happen unless JK fell outside of the second round. Why well, does a valley linebacker He went pretty soon afterwards, Mick. Is that right? He, Jock went pretty soon. He went afterwards. to the Browns at the end of the second, I'm sure. No, in the, in the second, yeah. So it's. Um, but, and I don't know any more than. Than most other people, so there's nothing to say that that JOK, Sonic Samuel Jr., and Merrick are going to be busts either. So it's you have to kind of, I think I just try not to get overly invested in it, and I'm like, yeah, okay, you so have you me. have to sit on the fence about it, Phil. No, I, I do, I do absolutely. If I don't <laughs> sit on the fence and I lose my identity altogether, and I'm just another guy talking. Football. There you go. Stick um, to your guns, man. Stick to who you are. Uh, <laughs> talking about talking about fences, I just reminded me of something when I first started getting into it, and I used to see the. The little signs that people hold up in the crowd with the D and the, and the fence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fence. I thought they were talking about Deflate Gate. I thought it was great. <laughs> <laughs> Not lie, it took me a while to realize what they were doing as well. And so I was like, oh, I, I get it now. I think obviously it's one of those light bulb moments. You just feel incredibly stupid because you just, yeah. you just, your mind just goes straight to the wrong thing and you just, oh, that seems to make sense. I'm not going to question it. But, hey, anyway. this is, anyway. I, I hope this is why the people like this podcast. We don't try and be people. <laughs> we, don't, we, don't, we don't try and be people who are not. We love the birds. We love talking about them. We do a bit of research and, you know, we watch all the games and we just try, we just try and relate to all, all of the UK fans, Eagles fans over here as well. Should we, should we move on to uh, the third pick then? Oh, what a sound. I don't know if you can hear that, guys, but that's Mick popping his bottle. And that's not an innuendo. That's him pouring into a glass of whiskey. He's popping his cork. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, third, The third pick, which is in the third round. Before before I say who it is, you probably know who it is. Uh, there was a trade that happened here. Um, the Eagles had the 70th pick, and they, they moved back three places to the 73rd pick. And they picked up a sixth round pick for that trade which we obviously took, I think, with the first linebacker from the Panthers. Uh, Milton Williams was who we took at 73, pick 73. He's a defensive tackle slash end. Um, TDC as to, as to which, which of those he is, because there are questions about his size, um, which we'll get to in a second. Six foot three, 284 pounds. Doesn't sound like as much questions with his size, uh, but we're talking about the NFL here. Played at Louisiana Tech. He's an outstanding athlete. He's been compared to Aaron Donald. Now, that's a big shout, obviously. Um, but he, at the Combine, every single category that he was measured in, he had bigger um, bitter and bigger, better results than Aaron Donald did. 10 sacks, 19 tackles for loss in his two years at Louisiana Tech. 22 years old. Again, another 22-year-old. I didn't know much about him before the pick, to be honest with you. And I wasn't that enamored with the positional pick again i would have liked to have seen him gone a linebacker that was available at the time but phil i'll come to you first this time what's your what's your feeling on on milton williams at 73 um well, i think there was the, the the combined factors of the dickerson pick and the initial feelings the trading back the reaction in the draft room and all that stuff that happened yes. didn't really tell, tell us pick. tell us about the reaction in the draft room phil well, if you've ever been in that moment where you've sort of you've, you've cracked a really good joke in a room and no one laughs, or or you've gone into a room to high five someone and everyone's just 
ignored Sounds you. like That's my exactly entire life to date so far. Yeah, I think it looked. I mean, don't get me wrong. It looks it looks fake as hell, but I know that's a lot of a lot of about the you know the American sort of um, capturing of, of all this stuff and, and drumming up, making it seem like it's like it's like you have to fist bump me. Whereas in the so if it was in the UK, it would be a case of no. Which I think is I think that's why we kind of <laughs> I, I reg, it registered a lot more with me because it seemed like a very British thing to do. Cringy, right? Really, if cringy. someone comes up to you is just like. Hey man, I just did this really cool thing, and you're like, no, you didn't. And it's like, well, you fist bumped me anyway. It's like, no. And like, why, why would I? Why would I congratulate you for something I don't agree with? But I get it's optics. You've got a camera in there. There's a discipline side of things, and and he probably should have just sort of. It's it, it, it another another military side of things. It's a case of you're always taught to obey the order and then question it later. Don't be insubordinate. Don't. Don't say I'm not doing that. You kind he of quote, he quote he was quoted as saying I didn't know the cameras were on. I'm sorry. Yes, Come on, NFL yes. draft. But, <laughs> but it, it looked very awkward, and and I had no idea he wasn't on any draft um, mock draft that I'd yeah. seen anybody. I'd heard no one speak about him, so I was just very much like okay. all those things combined. I was like, this sounds like oh, we're back to we're back to a Howie draft. We're back to how we expected things to go at the start, the Smith magics disappeared completely, and and here we are now. We're going to be sat at the end of the draft going, well, at least we got Smith. Um, so I haven't really got much to add on, on the guy. I've, I've tried to listen yeah. to him much, and I like the comparisons. And and overall, I think um, people are sort of okay with it. I think I'd say it's more sort of 60, 60, 40 for him. People are sort of more into him than they're not. But it is, again, like you said, we've, we, we missed out on a cornerback or linebacker or safety at 37 and then we also didn't do it yeah. at 70, 73. And so, you've, you've traded away the other third for, to, to move up to 10 as well so you yeah. lost that too. Um, so I won't, I won't really hold the mic much more than that. I'd just say that by the sounds of it he sounds a bit like Dickson in terms of the aggression and the, the raw primal sort of need to get to the quarterback which I'm, which I'm all for and I think the fan base will be if that if that comes that translates onto the field, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pretend to know anything more than that. So you, you've hit the nail on the head though, <laughs> Phil. You say you don't know much, but you do. Like that's what everyone says about him. He's raw. Um he's raw, he's athletic, he's he's like 98, 99 like percent percentile athletic. Like that is how athletic this guy is. Like he's seriously athletic and um, yeah, he probably needs a bit of training and technique, but you know we've got a pretty good uh, defensive uh, coordinator right now and coach. Phil, uh, Mick, sorry, um, what do you think about the Milton uh, Williams pick? You, you, you got any any feelings on that? Yeah, well, I hadn't stay up on draft night for the for the Milton pick, um, so it was kind of fresh to me as I as I woke up in the morning and seen we had drafted a, a defensive tackle slash defensive end. I couldn't decide which he actually was, um, but like he seems undersized for a tackle, but oversized for an end. But I mean, I, there's there's not I don't really know an awful lot about him, so there's not really an awful lot to say about him apart from. You know, people are saying that it's a sleeper pick, that he has a massive ceiling um, and it could come good. Uh, it's sort of, he could be a, come in as a rotational player. Um, he's, he's not going to take over straight away, sort of thing. Um, I'm getting some strange likes from my co-hosts co here. 
No, it's nothing to do with you, Mick. It's just the fact that I looked away for a few seconds. I looked back and like Liam's changed his locale and it's just like, it's just like the, as far as I'm concerned, it's like I'm just, just magic to cross or something. Just checking on the cats, guys. I'm just checking on the cats' food. Don't you worry about it. You can... <laughs> yeah, sorry, Mick. Is it okay That's if we mind. talk about some football? <laughs> no, but... Um... This is a guy that's actually really grown on me. See, see, the more that I look, that I look into him and, and hear him speak, um, he seems like really genuine um, and really grateful for the opportunity as well. And I quite like guys like that. Um, he, he seems gracious about the pick, and you know, you know, like one of our biggest strengths last season was the sack rate. We had, the, I think, the third highest sack rate in the NFL last season, and this is just this is going to, you know just showed up that defensive line, defensive end position, and our defensive line is just going to be carnage next year. So, you know, it's, it's going to add to that and, and you know, give us some fresh legs on the field when we possibly need it if um, if our offense isn't isn't working the way it should be and um, the defensive line are doing a bit more than they perhaps should be. I was, um, again, listening to the Birds With Friends uh, podcast earlier on, and we are seriously stacked at O-line and D-line now. But not just in terms of starters and not just in terms of projects, but like depth. Um, and I'm gonna go on, I'm gonna go on a bit of a positive train here, guys. I'm looking at our wide receiver core, I'm looking at our tight ends. We still we still have Ertz, Ertz hasn't gone. I'm looking at our offensive line, our defensive line. Whatever you want to say about our back seven, there's still some questions to be answered about the secondary for sure. You got Hertz, Hertz in the center. Some really good guys, leaders coming in. I'm feeling pretty good about 2021. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm seeing a, I'm seeing a positive uh, win to loss ratio already. What, what do you reckon? Just, just jumping sideways a little bit, looking at the, uh, looking at the order of the games which came out. Phil, you, you feeling like we could be in the, the positive spectrum here, or what, what do you reckon? I think when was it? Was it when we had um, Brennan on? And we were doing the over and unders. We all gave our, our predictions. I think I was, was hoping to go over 500. So as long as we win, um, sort of eight, eight, nine games, I'd be happy. Uh, maybe I'm still not there in terms of as the more information comes in as the season builds up. I think I said before an improvement on four, eleven, and one is um, is where we need to be looking at. There's no need to go higher than that because we've we we are sort of retooling, partially rebuilding. We've got a lot of good stuff to come in 2022. So I think this year is very much a um, this is very much a, a sort of just suck it and see. But they've done they've done what they can to get get the picks in. If we're the three firsts that we've got potentially next year, if we've got a quarterback that's that's knocked out of the park. We've got wide receiver core that's settled in and is firing. Cornerbacks all round, linebackers all round. So going hey, playoff, playoffs aren't playoffs aren't a stretch of the imagination. I'm not saying we get any further than the first round of the playoffs, but you know, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a bold claim here. I'm gonna go Eagles make the playoffs this year. I'd I'd go for I'm I'm bothered about the feel, the the, the look and the feel of the team. I'm not really worried about results as long as it's not, like I said, that's why I'm only interested in it being better than 4-11-1 because I don't want it to be worse. But if the team isn't winning games, but it's they're putting up 
30 plus points and the, you know and the defense is getting sacks and and all the things are sort of the, the signs are there then then target 2022 for the wins you want to get the, the basics and everything set up like let's not put pressure if if if, if come like i mean look at the, what happened to the Aries all the time the dolphins like they they went into that season no expectations but you could see it you could hear it growing as they got through halfway the season and they were like they were at a positive record and everything like that and they they narrowly missed out on it and i'm not I'm not going to turn that down i'm not going to say that's not what i want it's more of a case of that if we get to halfway through the season and we're not in a losing record everyone including me will be like let's see how far this can go but let's just let's just focus on getting the team back there because if, if it all falls flat on its face and we're 0-7 going in into sort of like the halfway through the season, then it's not going to really matter what, what we've about done you, so far. What about you, Mick? What do you reckon? Season Overall record, I think. I think I said on previous podcasts and possibly third and goal as well that we would get a maximum of six wins. Um, my mind hasn't changed on that. Um, I know that there's a lot of hype coming out now because the draft's over and we've taken Smith and things are looking a bit better. We're, we've, we've taken some good free agents, um, a safety line back of the Vikings, and it's things are, are, are improving. And I, and I do expect them to improve this season. Uh, and that's all I can really ask for is improvement uh, with a clear plan in place for 2022 because that is the season that we should be bothered about that's the season where we've got three um number one draft picks that's the season where we get our draft our uh, capital back um so 2021 couldn't care less if we get 10 wins or six wins to be honest I'll, I'll be cheering the team on every single one of those games but i'm not going to be unhappy about it at the end of the day because we are in a, a phased rebuild absolutely you, you talked yeah. about improvements there and that kind of brings us nicely onto the fourth pick, which is Zach McPherson. Probably fair to say we've touched on it so far. Um, is that an improvement in our in our cornerback room here? What what do you see? Do you see McPherson lining up on the outside? Has he got has he got that ability? He's a Texas Tech. Um, we played for te- Texas Tech. We picked him at um, number one hundred twenty three twenty four. I think we did. Five for 10, 196 pounds, can play inside or out. He's a four-star recruit coming out of um, his school, his high school. Very athletic family. I don't know if any of you guys know that listening in, but he's from one of the most, the US's most athletic family. I think something like seven or eight, seven of his siblings or six, seven siblings have all played sport to a very high level. And the NFL Network's lead draft analyst had him at pick 85. So... You know, maybe a bit of a steal uh, um, uh, in the fourth round. There, what do you reckon, Phil? I think people people seem to have quickly forgotten who we signed in free agency, and you know, we picked. I know we lost two, and we picked up two um, absolute steals by all accounts. I'm, Initially, when we signed them, I was, I was, I was like, we've got the draft, so I hope we will get a couple of people that can, that can come in that aren't going to be pressured to start. And I guess we've probably got that. We've got, we've got sort of three or four people already, already in the team that can, 
that will be the starters or the starting sort of core. And and maybe Nick McPherson is going to be coming in to learn again, like a lot of them. I, I get the feeling that a lot of them are no pressure picks in terms of they're trying to bring people in that, that have a lot of potential, but without giving them the pressure of like, we need this. Like, I think Smith is the only one, and that's just because he's the he's the stellar signing, he's the first round pick. But all the others seem very much like, yeah, well, if they're busts, we're not going to be neat, we're not going to be putting them in and putting them under scrutiny and destroying their confidence from from game one when we when we throw the towel in like we did against Washington last season and then it's all we're up against it. So um I yeah he's got he's got the good stats like like you've mentioned and he's got the pedigree he's got the high ceiling but he's obviously uh, it's uncertain so I think in, I'm hoping I'm just putting again I'm just putting my faith in the people that done the research that they picked this guy because they knew they weren't going to get a cornerback in you know the first three rounds you heard it here first, folks. Harry Roseman's uh, number one fan, Phil, as we've heard on many podcasts before. He puts his faith in the guys who are making the selections now. I'm only kidding, Phil. I wouldn't put that smart, on. smart people are occasionally yeah. smart enough for the situation. Howie normally is too smart for himself. And then this could, could well turn out to be one of those where he's, he's too smart for his own good and he's trying to be too clever yet again. But eventually, you know, a broken watch is right twice a day. You can't, can't be wrong every time. Maybe this is the time he's, he's, he's got it right. Let's just... I just, I just can't go through another season of sack Harry, sack Harry every game because one draft pair doesn't work out. I'm hoping that he's trying a slightly different approach and and these guys can kind of ease themselves into the, the team. Like, you know. So, yeah, great take, Phil. You talk about smart and intelligence, uh, Phil. Um, one of the most intelligent guys I know giving you his, his, his opinions there on on McPherson and the pick and the draft and, and having some faith in guys who know what you're talking about. You can take that at face value. You can pretend that that was sarcasm. Well, you can take whatever way you want, Phil. Uh, I'm joking, of course. All right, let's move on to the fifth pick. Uh, oh, sorry, uh, Mick. Uh, apologies. Yeah. I'll come to you for, for a sec. Sorry. Let, what's, your, what's your feeling on him? Sorry. Um, the more I get to know him, the more I like him. Um, he, he uh, led his team in interceptions last season, which is something that has been missing from our team, um, making a play on the ball. Uh, I, I've not looked up how many interceptions we had last year, but it wasn't many. Uh, it was very low. We didn't turn the ball over nearly enough. We gave away uh, a few interceptions, Mick. Yes, yes. It was the, the other side of that that we were doing but I mean what's that to like about this guy he rocked up on draft day wearing an Eagles jersey yeah. after his pick didn't he um, so I mean that endears him to the support straight away doesn't it he was standing there pictured with his shades on um, looking cool but uh, well he says that he picked up the jersey from his time when he played in Penn State before he transferred over to Texas Tech so yeah, um, he obviously he, he knows he knows Philly pretty well, so. Um, yeah, I like he, it. I, at the end of the day, he's a fourth round pick, so there, there's not much really expectation to put on him. Um, you can. We're hoping that he's going to become that cornerback too that we've been crying out for all this time because Maddox certainly isn't. He can't do man coverage. He's a he's a slot uh, corner, and uh, we're hoping that Zach can can be that CB2 wide out, man for man. 
Well, let's take a, let's take a, a fourth round pick that you can't be too excited about and flip it, and let's talk about a um, a fifth round pick or our fifth pick, I should say, at 150. Who I think it's fair to say we are excited about in Kenneth Gainwell. Picked him at 150, played for Memphis. In two years for Memphis, he had 2,000 plus total yards, 17 touchdowns. I'm liking him to Cal to to Kamara. Uh, that may be a bit of a stretch, but that's uh, that's the uh, that's the um, comparison I'm going with. He's a big time catcher. He catches out of the backfield, but he doesn't just catch out of the backfield. From what I've seen and what I've read, he runs wide receiver routes and catches the ball. We're not talking just a you know check down, quarter quarter you know screen pass whatever whatever you, whatever you want to say here. We're talking a guy who could. He's five foot eight. He's two hundred one pounds. He's twenty two again. He's another twenty two year old. I don't know what the theme is here with twenty two year olds in the draft. Um, he's a top one hundred draft prospect by lots of people. Um, I think it was a surprise that he that he dropped all the way to one hundred and fifty. He's faster than Sanders, and if you look at his stats and some of the games he's had, he makes some serious big plays, big chunk plays. And I know we saw we've seen Sanders do that in the last couple of years. I am. Fucking excited, she's French <laughs> about Kenneth Gainwell. I mean, I don't see him being a you know, a third one to Boston Scott. For me, this is the new one-two punch for the Eagles. I'm talking, I'm talking Chubb Hunt of recent times. I, I've got some, I've got some big, 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 big ideas about this guy. Phil, I know you like uh, Gainwell as well. Uh, we've we've chatted about a, a bit about him. What, what do you think about that pick? Are you excited about him? I think, I think, relatively speaking, I think he's the one I'm most excited about as in in terms of excitement to position in the draft like uh, I he was in nearly every mock draft I've done I've eaten him up in the drafts that we've done in sleep already as much as I can because you know I've, I, you know you don't want to take him too early but he's been like there at the top of my draft board all the time because I'm thinking this time it's, he's definitely coming and I think I even even traded up ahead of you in one of them to specifically take him because I knew he was highly likely to go with you because you've very much been the same as me, sort of liking him. But talking about him, before you go on, Phil, it's been quite fun doing uh, some of these dynasty drafts with Phil when, when we're in the same we're in the same draft, and both of us are like eyeing each other up for any of the Eagles picks coming up. But like Phil will drop me a little message, be like. You're going to take Hertz next, aren't you? <laughs> or you're going to take Gainwell next. You're going to take Sanders next. And we have we have a little, we have a little play around, you know. We we we, we give each other a fist bump every now and again, you know. We help each other out a little bit, I'll say. There's there's nothing there's nothing malicious about it. It's more just a case of we we think alike, and it's a case of it helps me actually make the decision sooner because I'm rather than thinking oh, he'll be there next time. I look, see your name. Nope, I've got to take him now. So it's <laughs> a bit more committed to the draft. But anyway, go back to the actual. That player. sounds like collusion, by the way. I'll be watching. I have next no time. idea what you're talking about, Nick. <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. No, um, but as as a player, like I think a lot, I really liked him a lot for his receiving aspect because I'm thinking running backs, you know, is. It's hard to sort of pinpoint who's, who's definitely going to be a successful running back, but you know, he's going to be he, he's he's good enough to do it. He's he's got the, he's got the the, the stats, and he's got the, the the reputation to do it. But the thing that stuck in my mind most, I think I said it previously, was that with the Sanders, there was a few times this season. I mean, his hands just weren't as good as 
they needed to be. There was a couple of criminal drops or misses from from completely the opposite to the first year where he was I think he yeah. led the league in like receiving yards from a running back position in his rookie year. I think yeah, yeah I think you 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 are spot on when you talk about Chubb and, and Hunt, how they, they complement each other. And, and I think that can definitely be is hopefully that's what they were intending. But I think it's it's written all over it is that they've got two they've got a one two punch running back duo in, in Sanders and Gainwell now and and I'd, like I said, I've eaten him up because I, I believe in him of a hunt level that, yeah, he's not the RB1, but he should be able to put up, put up the stats and, and, and affect the games enough to be worthy of, of, of taking a punt on. So I think that alone just says all, says all I need to know in terms of I wanted them to take him. And when, when he did, I was, I was made up because I guess it's partly because when you when you when you want them to take a player and they take him, there's that that bounce. Very but rarely Jones, happens, right? Yeah, when you, when you want them to take a player. Yeah. I think secretly I was just like, yes, I got something right. <laughs> I think it's the only one I got in our predictions. Um, maybe. You mentioned you mentioned Kareem Hunt there, bringing you in. Uh, hopefully, he's a nicer guy than Kareem Hunt um, when he joins the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Hunt obviously has a few off the field issues and has done. Um, his entire career. Is name Raymond slang? Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you want to see in there. Yeah, sure. Uh, so, so there's that, and then there's uh, and there's Nick Sirianni. Uh, Nick, talk to me. Nick Sirianni loves to run the ball. You 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 dropped a little quote to me the other day, and I reckon it's going to be a, a name of one of our podcasts coming up. And it wasn't Fly Eagles Fly. It was Run Eagles Run. What do you reckon about this pick? Nice. I forgot that I even said that. I was I was hoping you weren't going to put me on the spot and say, what was it you said, Mike? And I'm like, I don't fucking know, Liam. <laughs> I talk far too much on chats <laughs> to remember half the stuff I say. Um, no, I, I really like this one. It was a player I knew, I recognised. I was like, wait, I know that guy. Uh, I take him in a lot of uh, mock drafts. I didn't actually see him play this past season because he was an opt-out. Um, but the Memphis Blur, as he's uh, been it's been coined somewhere, I'm sure I read. Yeah. May have made that up. No, you haven't. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know that I'm not always talking absolute mints. Um, you talk, more sense, Cox's than cousin you talk well. more sense than me and Phil do, Mick. I think me and Phil would probably agree with that. It's <laughs> Fletcher Cox's cousin as well. So he is. There's, yep. there's already, a, a, and they say they grew up an Eagles fan. So there's, um, there's, a, there's a, that connection again. That, that we sort of had with Zach McPherson, um, that he's sort of endeared himself to the support whilst being able to back it up with these college stats because um, what he can do with the ball is, is um, like like Phil said, being a pass catch and running back is, is huge for us because it takes maybe a bit of pressure off of Booby because he did have a, a couple of really bad drops that, that past year. Um, and it'll be interesting to see um, how uh, Sirianni utilises them and how much we actually run the ball this coming season because it was one of our biggest bugbears last season that we just weren't running the ball enough. If you take it, take us back to when we played the Browns last year and it was, it was a horrible, shitty day and Doug decided to run the ball pretty much the full of the first half and it was like great success. I think Sanders actually fumbled it on like the three-yard line on one of the drives. Um but it was great. And then the whole second half, he pretty much didn't run it ever again. And we're like, what's going on? Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what 
Sirianni has in store for us and, and, and how much you know we're going to use those backs and and uh, but you say that Gainwell he's got good hands he's, he's pretty much looks like a slot receiver uh, where he's route run, running from what I've seen from like YouTube clips and all that kind of stuff because I've not actually seen a live game of him playing just just seen you know what everyone else has seen highlight reels. Um, guess who is uh, guess who his uh, biggest fan was growing up? Darren Sproles. Darren Sproles was it? Oh. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that. I'd be I'd definitely, that. <laughs> I'd definitely be less excited about the pick if we didn't have a new head coach who like running the ball. I think if if we picked, oh yeah, John was we, still we, there. <laughs> we, no, but we the, that would be the narrative, wouldn't it? We'd be sat here going. Great, we've got one two punch, but are they actually going to put gloves on both hands? And and it, yeah, so I think was I think that the draft combined with Sirianni, it's it's got a lot of potential. It's got a lot of you know upside if if it all comes into place. Gainwell is probably going to be one of the top picks of the draft. Yeah, I and, hope so. I hope so. And bringing on like just to like stick with the running back theme, you bring Kerry on Johnson in from the Lions as well. It's we're stacked with running backs now. What's going on? Well, I think it means that we don't need to um, worry so much about whether, like, to rely on Boston Scott and and Jordan Howard, which don't get me wrong, servants to the to the club and have done honourable jobs. But honourable jobs don't always um, translate into results. And I think that we've got a lot. We've got a young, exciting running back core because I think Johnson's only. 24, 25. Yeah, he was a first round pick. I, he's been playing with some Probably injuries. Two years ago or something. Yeah. Yeah. So he so so we so in theory, I think everyone's unanimous in agreement that it's going to be sort of Sanders game on and Johnson as the as the one, two, three. If yeah. if they obviously get through training camp and that that, that comes to fruition, I hope because it it doesn't leave much room for Scott and um, and obviously I think Howard's probably not Which is there. mad when you think about Howard. I know I spoke about it, you know, kind of midway through last season, like <laughs> Howard, he's not ancient. He's 26. I know running backs fall off the cliff a little bit, but he had like 3,000-yard rushing yards for his first three seasons. I know he's had some injuries as well, and he had that bad time in Miami. And he's he was only brought in as a as a, yeah. a last-minute because he got cut from the Dolphins. He's games. not a bad player. I mean, if he's your fourth running back, then that is serious depth. I think he yeah, took but- Slay's number as well. <laughs> Yeah, but not 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 a bad player isn't isn't what you're after. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm yeah, not three to, three not three thousand yard rushing yards in his first three seasons. That's not a bad player. Yeah. Yes, he has. You yeah, know, Wentz, had, Wentz had an MVP season before he got injured. It's the same. Hey, it's the same. Like, Wentz won't win a Super Bowl, guys. I'm not saying he will, but let's not discount Wentz out here. <laughs> I'm just. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying that, like, as long as he. 75% of the snaps next year, Mick. I don't give a flying fuck. Yeah. I no, I think, think weird, he, did you not make a bet with a Dolphins fan that he would win a Super Bowl before two or something? I did. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, still, I'm still very confident on that bet compared to two. <laughs> maybe not Maybe not with Wentz in the mix, but compared to two, I'm confident. <laughs> Love it. Sorry, Phil. I think about me and Mick about 15 times then spoke over you. <laughs> no, no. I, I think I was probably just treading over on ground, but I just think that they're. You, sentiment, we've said it before, sentimentality doesn't really have any place in the NFL. So yeah. when a player isn't performing or isn't giving you what you need, then... Unless you're Jason Peters, according to Harry, Harry Lurie. 
Um, well, hopefully they've been bitten enough, burnt enough by that scenario, and, and that's the last time that a player is going to get. I think that generally that is another thing. If you want to look at the whole Kelsey Dickerson pick and that, they very much want to get the replacements in before they're he- being held to ransom. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair take on it. All right, guys, well, we've done the first, we've done the top five picks. We're not going to go into too much detail in your picks because. We don't know much about them. Let's just be honest. We're not going to try and fake it and, and say we know a lot about these guys. But let me just quickly roll, roll, roll through them. Um, I'm definitely going to pronounce this wrong. So the sixth pick, the Eagles took at 189 from USC was Marlon Tuipolotu, a defensive tackle. Um, Mick, Phil, anything to add or just hit and miss, ready to see what happens? Yeah, nods on the screen, same as me. Taron Taron Jackson, defensive end, Coastal Carolina. Didn't even know that was a college football team, so that was a learning curve for me today. Uh, The eighth pick, the Eagles took Jacoby Stevens, linebacker. Oh, my God, we took a fucking linebacker. It only took to pick 224 for us to pick one. He's from LSU. Again, hit or miss. We'll see what happens. Maybe between now and the next pod, um, the three of us will do a bit of research on these picks, which we haven't really managed to research thus far. I think that was the pick we traded um, the 70 to 73rd pick with the Panthers. Uh, uh, on they, go on, on LSU, uh, No, LSU, aren't they nicknamed uh, DBU? DBU. So, yeah. so a, a line linebacker from LSU, I'm all on board with that. And I think Stevens um, came up in a few mock drafts that I was just like, hmm, a DB from LSU. Um, might as well. <laughs> we got just okay. a DB from LSU that would just... Give to the Patriots, didn't we? Mills? Mm. You had to bring that up in the mix. (laughs) Get me fucking started. We're just trying to finish the podcast. Sorry. Um, Move on. (laughs) Move on. Move on. (laughs) The green fucking goblin. Uh, Anyway, pick nine uh, for for the Eagles. Um, Patrick Johnson, pick 243 from Tulane. Linebacker as well. Again, here I miss. We'll see what... We'll see what to say back. But guys, before we finish up, let me just come to each of you and just get your opinion overarchingly on how you felt about how the Eagles did in the draft. Phil, I'll come to you first. Do you want us to um, sort of give a grade as well? Right if you want to give a grade, what would you do now? Five or out of ten? I was going to go... A, B, C, D. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay, are we doing... The, okay, okay, right. We're doing... Some, know, we're doing as some, everything gets graded in the NFL, it's, it's it, academic or... Some of us are from Ireland, you know, grades were a thing in the past. We kind of just scribbled down stuff in mud. No, I'm joking. All right, let's go. Um, wow. Let's, let's you're go. You're not going back to Ireland now, are you? Let's, let's go. That they, they don't listen to me back there. Uh, <laughs> a, B, C, D, E. Um, I, I would go for a B, maybe even a B plus. I think B plus basically because of the Smith pick alone. I think, and combined with Gamewell, looking at the upside of Dickerson, being optimistic, trying not to sit on the fence, although I am pretty much sitting on the fence with a B, B plus. Um, I think I think it's definitely better than we expected, so it's above average. And I think with the Smith pick, it just it gives us something to cling to. It gives us something to believe in. And I think that's all people ever want is something to, to hang the hat on. And I think he's he's that for a season at least. And and yeah, so I'm 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 happy. I'm happy overall. I think I was ha- I was ecstatic after round one. I was through the floor in round two. 
I've got <laughs> over it, I've come back up again. And with the later round picks and the, the undrafted free agent in, in Trayvon Grimes, I think is is going to be. I, I'm I'm just going to, I'm I'm you know you say I sit on the fence. I'm not sitting on the fence with this guy. I, I generally have that gut, gut feeling that based on nothing at all other than the fact that he's fast and raw, and and he's going to be coming in, and, and a lot of people are touting him as an undrafted free agent to come in and, and challenge for a starting position. That's that's the praise I I need to hear is that he's a person that's that was not taken by anybody, but they're still touting him to start. I'm like that. So all these other wide receivers that. That were in the draft that weren't picked for whatever reason. I think he's got high upside. He's got a high. He's got a, a low floor potentially, but he's an undrafted free agent, so it's not. It's going to cost us pennies. But yeah, so B plus. <laughs> no, I like. I'm sorry for not coming for you for the Grimes picks. I know you're going to do a little piece on that, but I think you got it in there pretty I well. I was going to say. Because um, can we circle back on Grimes? Because I kind of want to talk about him a little bit. Because I, I okay, love... let's let's fucking do it. Um, so so we've had we've had uh, Phil's B plus. We've had a bit of Grimes. Let's get a bit of Grimes from you, and let's get let's get your grade. Go Grimes first. Go Grimes. Go Grimes. Uh, no, I, I really like that. I was really happy when the UDFAs started coming out the lists, and um, we also took. Um, quite a few UDFAs it wasn't just James took uh, Jimmy Newman the quarterback from uh, Georgia but it was really weak Forest. Um, he didn't play a snap for, for Georgia um, but we're not here to talk about Newman we're here to talk about Grimes so um, <laughs> I, I liked him I've, I've seen him play for the Gators and he's he's a good size and he's a big target and I think he's pretty much the opposite of Devontae Smith so he's like the big physical, hands-on sort of guy who make the contested catch, whereas Devontae Smith is like got the crisp, clean route running. Um, you, you can't get anywhere near him, whereas Grimes is, is in the trenches. He's, he's fighting the cornerback. He's fighting the, the defensive back for for the ball. And nine times out of ten, he'll, he'll probably get it because he's, he's a competitor. Um and, and he'll be that red zone target, I think, as well, you know, because, you know, in the red zone, it's, it's a bit of a melee in, in there. And I think it's a, it's a really good option for us because looking at our roster of wide receivers, we don't have that sort of guy that's, that's big, physical, like well, we famously well, passed on DK Metcalf. Well, um, well, and Alshon is now gone. Yeah, so that, that's the kind of guy that we're missing and someone that's just a big target that can move the chains as well. Yeah, sorry, Nick, just to interject, I think the, to add on to that, the interesting, most interesting thing I heard about Grimes was that he's not, being, he's not on the same level as Kyle Pitts, so I'm going to caveat that at the start, but in the same way that Pitts was oh, talked about... Not. Unrestricted <laughs> free agent meets six draft six, six pick in the draft. Go on, sorry, buddy. Go on, Go on call your Jets. Call your Jets. Um, <laughs> no, what I mean is that in, in terms of the way that Pitts is talked about in the wide receiver um, environment, in terms of he's a tight end, but he's of a wide receiver ilk, I think the reverse can be said of, of Grimes, that he's got a very tight end-ish like aspect to his wide receiver ability. So in terms of he is that guy who sort of be in the short in the short field contesting catches, but he is, you know, he's a wide receiver. But I'm not saying he's he's a hybrid wide receiver tight end. I'm just saying the way people talked about that on a small yeah. scale, they're they're talking on the on the on the flip side for that. And I think 
that's an interest that that excites me that's interesting that's that's unique to me yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. did you know do you know he's a champion hurdler no yep yeah so what he's he's a uh, N- Najee harris can get fucked with his big hurdling skills with <laughs> <Exactly. new one. laughs> state, state titles at 300 meter hurdles for, for Fucking hell, look at these stats coming from the boys at the end of the podcast after whiskeys yeah. and beers. I'm loving and you've that. Also got, you've also got the Brian Johnson connection as well, don't you? The offensive coach at the Gears is now our quarterback's coach. Yeah, I was going to mention, I didn't know his name. I, I wasn't going to like stumble over myself. So I'm glad you uh, you got the name right and jumped in with that. Thank you, Mick. Uh, What's your grade, Mick? Yeah. <laughs> oh, great, of course. Um, okay. If I go by, I'll go by the days first and then give a sort of overall value. So day one, I'll give the Eagles an A plus because I think I thought that was great to to jump the to jump the Giants in the fashion that they did, take the best player available. How he had a day and he should be congratulated for it. Day two, uh, I've already said on this podcast, um, I wasn't too happy with the picks at the time. I'm still not. Um, I hope they do well, but I'll give them a C for it. Um, just wasn't overall impressed the later on guys again I can't get too excited about it's later on in the draft pick I'll be happy if any of them well we're, we're expecting a few of them but to, to you know see the field and, and make a real difference in the in the team it's not often you really get people on the back end of the draft that, that do make a, an impact in our, our starters never mind rotational squad players um, so just for probably the inclusion of Gainwell and McPherson, I think that they are quite astute picks. I'll, I'll give them probably a, a B, B plus for that. Right. So I think overall, overall, I don't really want to say the same as well. It sounds like a fucking cop out, but I think it's, it's around about a B, B plus. Okay. Somewhere in, in that category, it's, an A minus is a bit too high for me, and a C is a bit too harsh. So. It's uh, it's no, it's it, you know, you, you you've given some good background as to why you picked that. I don't think anyone would say you just copied Phil. I think you've <laughs> good reason, some good reasons behind it. Um, guys, do you want me? Shall I give mine? Shall I give my uh, my grade? If you must. A plus. <laughs> nah, joke aside. I'm going to give it an A minus. Um, I'm, I'm going to go a little bit higher than Phil. Uh, I I'm huge on the Dickerson deal, which I think is a bit more than you two guys are. Which is, I think, where it tips it in the balance. And I pretty much agree with you both on pretty much everything else you said in terms of grading wise. I don't know. I don't know enough about McPherson to really give an honest projection about him. I'm not going to pretend like I do. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really big on Gainwell. I really like the Milton Williams pick um, from what I've heard. Again, it's more from what I've heard about people who know more about me than what I've actually looked at and digested myself in terms of film. Um, Devontae Smith, I think, was one of the best players in the draft, let alone the best players on the board when the Eagles picked him. And I think it's a, a huge pick for the Eagles to pick him. And it might have been Howie Roseman trying to save face and not get physically kicked out of Philadelphia by picking him, but regardless of what his motivations were, I'm, I'm super, I'm super delighted about it. I think if Landon Dickerson could stay fit, and I know it's a big question. I think if Landon Dickerson could stay fit, I think he could be a pro bowl uh, interior lineman center for seven, eight years, like consistently every fucking year. Uh, he could be, you know, he, he, he could be the new Lane Johnson. He could be the new 
um, Brandon Brooks, if Brandon Brooks stays fit, um, he, he, he's got serious, serious potential, potential top five pick if he had the injuries. Um, so I think probably with all you guys said, which I agree with, and taking into fact that I'm bigger on Landon Nickerson on the hopes for him, I'll go A minus. I won't go any higher than that. Um, I won't be ridiculous and say A plus. I'm very, very interested to see what happens with Devontae Smith. Yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't want to overgrade him. Yeah. Yeah. Don't know, we're great. Um, I'm very, very interested to see what happens to Devontae Smith because everything I'm hearing and seeing from people again who know a lot more than we do, he's, he's, I'm going to say it again, he's a dog. He is a baller. He knows how to play ball. Um, and that's not just a throwaway comment. That is competitor, doggy dog competitor, spirit, drive. You know, silent, silent, slim reaper is called, right? But it's like the silent confidence. I, I'm just, I'm really up on him. I, I, I'm so excited about him. And I'm going to be gutted if he falls flat on his face like a pancake on, on, um, on Shrove Tuesday. But yeah, I'm going to go A minus for my picks, guys. I reckon that's probably a wrap, folks. We've been speaking for about an hour and a half, 90 minutes. Good pod, good, good drains of pod we've had for this. Uh, this Eagles podcast. Nice to go back to basics. Really enjoyed it. Mick, you enjoyed it? Phil, you enjoyed it? Yeah, it's been good to go over go over the picks properly. And uh, it's probably a good good idea that we didn't do it straight away because we probably would have been C pluses all round with the the second round picks. But I think we've had time to process, see that see that see what's coming out, see what's happening around the reaction from everybody else. I think I think overall it's been it's been good to talk talk the new exciting additions to the Eagles I messaged Paul there Paul from uh, the, the the Giants fan from uh, the outside the huddle podcast earlier on today and he's like oh I really want to listen to your new podcast guys I said I'll wait for the one we're just about to do we're going to um, talk about new boys and he instantly went new podcasters thinking we were introducing new people to the pod I said no, no our new players Paul our new players Paul <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's been, it's been good, oh, man. It's been good quick, talking about. Oh no, on you go. No, I was just saying a quick shout out to the the video that was doing the rounds, where the Giants fan just wanted oh, just wanted, yeah. just wanted oh, the Eagles yes. to, to to leave. Just 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 leave us alone. <laughs> I think we actually mentioned. It. I don't know if it was on the Roar the Lions podcast or when we were doing the one with. Yeah, we did. Yeah, I told them to go and check out because they hadn't seen it, and I was like, was you it. have to see the video. And I've totally just leave us alone. <laughs> then the guy punched him in his drywall and then oh yeah that one as well that was bit, I think that was a bit that seems to show but just the guy like cuddling like a guy cut, like cradling a football in his in his Giants gear like almost crying it's just some it's things, list of things that you love to see here's <laughs> the Giants tears for years and years here's I've been the drinking Giants them all tears for years and years and years I'll drink to that um all right, guys. Listen, thanks very much for joining us. Um, let's get back to basics. Let's, let's talk birds. Let's talk draft. And um, yeah, enjoyed it. So next time, I think, guys, we're listening in, we're going to be doing an NFC East podcast. We're going to get the people on who did the first NFC podcast. We're going to get a Washington fan on, a Dallas fan on, and a Giants fan on. And they are Steve Catherine and Paul, if you do remember from the last time. So that'll be our next podcast we do. Phil, did you want to just jump in and say something there before we no, go? No, I was going to say we need to turn the, we need to get that video converted into a sound file and just play it when Paul's speaking. 
Perfect. That's a great <laughs> idea. Let's do that. Let's interject every time he tries to speak and, and just have that. Just leave us alone. <laughs> <laughs> and then when and then when, when uh, Steve talks, we'll just have like Dallas sucks over and over again. Loudly. Just the sound, there's, there's just the sound of, of Dak's ankle snapping. <laughs> wow. <laughs> deep i love it all right guys thanks for listening in this has been our drains up draft podcast post draft um and as always we love you